Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits, our go-to shop for all of our Breckenridge brewery needs. I'm your host, Rudo, joined as always by AJ Hayfley, with special guest on the show today, editor for Broad Street Hockey and fellow Peter Forsberg enthusiast, <laughs> Kelly Hinkle. Thank you for coming on. How you doing? I'm great. That theme music is outstanding. Yeah. I don't know if anyone's ever told you that, but it's true. And we just started using it not too long ago, but we're big it's fans. Good. Big it's fans good. of the like Blink-182. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, lots to talk about these days for, for all hockey fans. As, all of a sudden. Yeah. they After months of rumors, things finally happening, and... Interestingly, the Flyers in a fairly similar position to the Avs in coming back in regards to they get to be in the round robin uh, play in round. So we can start there. What are your hopes as a pretty clear cut fourth seed in the East for the Flyers? You know, the best part of being that fourth seed in the round robin is that it can only go up like there's really no disappointment. It's either we get a better shot or we're the same place we are now so it's i'm just kind of thinking of these as practice games that if they win it'll be cool but if they don't it's totally fine does everybody have fun out there and don't get hurt i'm so worried about people getting hurt but other than that i just think it's it's going to be a good chance for them to get their legs back under them yeah man i hadn't even thought about that for the the top four teams you get hurt in seeding rounds that's gonna feel real bad I, 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 yeah, I try not to think about it. Cause I'm like, the, I think of all the ways that things can happen in a very flyers way. And one of those <laughs> things would be like Sean Couturier breaking his foot, like game one of the round Robin. And then everyone's hopes and dreams just die immediately. <laughs> yeah. It's supposed to be like the healthiest playoffs ever, except for those guys. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, everyone's, you know, completely healed up now, but also rusty as hell. So it's like, I don't know. We'll see yeah. how it goes. You bummed, know, though. once official training camps get underway, there's going to be a couple guys in every team that you're like, you weren't working out during this quarantine, <laughs> were you? <laughs> you were doing the quarantine snacks like all the rest of us. Yeah, right. I see you. <laughs> exactly. I so. feel like Kevin Hayes has probably been eating quarantine snacks. <laughs> Getting I feel like that dude loves Slim Jims. He seems like he would be a Slim Jim guy. He strikes me as such like a, oh yeah, I was just on Amazon and I bought Slim Jims in bulk. <laughs> and then he got like, he was like, oh, well, we don't know where this thing's going to end. I'll subscribe and save and they'll just deliver it to me every two weeks. It's been like subsisting on a diet of like four Slim Jims and Mountain Dew for the entire time that he's been locked away. <laughs> now I feel attacked. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, these are fighting words all of a sudden. Yeah, right. <laughs> all right. Well, the Flyers, uh, honestly, had a bit of a weird season. Yeah. They, they certainly seemed to to come on strong, you know, right before everything stopped happening. Yeah. It's... They looked really, really good as soon as the season ended. Like, really good. Which Great is timing. so frustrating. Yeah. I know. Like, they were just... I mean, it's one of those things where, like, I feel like a lot of times for a team to go on a deep cup run, they have to be playing better than they actually are. Just got to get hot at the right time. Yeah, yeah, like the Flyers have a pretty good team this season, but when things stopped, they were playing well above their true talent level. And it was just, we were so excited to roll into the playoffs on that little run. But, you know, life. Is there... (laughs) Is there any excitement for a different playoff format? Do you think it benefits the Flyers possibly, or does it make it worse for them that this is going to be, I guess, something that the NHL has never seen before? I honestly don't know who is going to benefit from this and who isn't. I mean, like, the clear beneficiaries are the teams that were super hurt when things stopped. Like, the Penguins had a ton of injuries. And I... now they've had, Yeah, <laughs> now they've had all this time to heal up, which is – obviously a benefit for them. Um, But I don't think there's any way to know how this tournament format is going to hurt or help. It's going to be like just a wild ride for all of us. I think. I definitely agree with the wild ride, given that we're staring down the barrel of six games a day in about three weeks. It's going to be, it's going to be so crazy. 
like when I saw that schedule, like the way it's packed, it's like equal parts exciting and terrifying. See, this is why yeah. I have four monitors now all surrounding me. You can't see it on screen, but I do. So I can put up every single hockey game. You're yeah. you're set pretty well. I don't know what <laughs> I'm going to do. It's it's going to be like I'm I'm so excited for it, but you know by like day 5 you're you're like, okay, I'm over this. It's going to be exhausting. Like especially yeah. for people like us who have to talk about it and make content about yeah. it, it's going to be like, "Oh my god, slow down, please. I can't keep yeah. up with these games." <laughs> Well, like, you know, the people are going to be like, oh, my God, did you see this from this game? And you're going to be like, no. Dude. No. <laughs> when do I have time for that now? But there were also seven other games happening yeah. at exactly the same time. So, no, I did not see that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's something crazy is going to happen in the NBA playoffs and just we'll have oh, no God. idea. I'm, Dude, I'm so excited that they are wasting, like, three weeks on regular season games. So I'm like, don't yes, have to care. Perfect. <laughs> Don't worry about any of that. We will pare down the NHL playoffs by the time that gets going. If yeah. they even get, I mean, Florida yeah. was a real bold yeah. choice. Did not pick the best spot for sure. No. Oh, like, now they're like they're like opening it up to the public too, and it's like, oh boy, are you guys trying to sabotage this? It seems like a bad idea. So, uh, getting back to the Flyers. Oh yeah, those guys. guys. I guess that's sort of the topic of this podcast for the day. <laughs> I'm looking up and down their lineup, mm-hmm. and obviously you have the stars in, in Couturier and Giroux, but as someone who has not followed the Flyers that closely, how much of this emergence of Konechny has been expected, and how much of this is just bonus points, I guess? So I would say... I don't think anyone saw him leading the team in points heading into the season. That was sure. a, a big surprise. I mean, he just signed his new contract. So I think that there was kind of a question mark. Like, what is Konechny going to be? Is he going to be just this guy? The guy that signed the contract, which was like a, a very reliable third piece on a good line that's able to contribute, but isn't a guy that steals the show himself. But this season... He's really, really come out, and it's been a really pleasant surprise. I think we've always expected him to be reliable and to put up some points, but leading the team in points is like a total shocker, and he's just been on a tear for the entire season. And it'll be interesting to see if, you know, this is the actual Konechny. You never know. When they have these first breakout seasons, it's always like, okay, is this the guy? I'll go forever? do it again before yeah. I believe you. Yeah. Right. Or are you just going to go back to like the the pretty good guy? I'm kind of hoping it's the the first one, but we'll see. I mean, you always hope for the better one. I hope. <laughs> yeah, especially when you get him on a cheap contract. Well, and it seems like the Flyers have had a number of first round guys that have sort of stalled out at different at different levels. You know, you, like a guy like Rubsov hasn't really been able to get in there. Uh, Nolan Patrick's had his problems. Uh, Scott mm. Lawton was just like, he's like, okay. No. Scott like, Lawton's good. Oh, is he secretly like good now? So here's the thing about, so listen, is Scott Lawton a superstar? No, but are superstars the only valuable hockey players? Absolutely not. Scott Lawton is, first of all, extremely reliable in that he can play up and down the lineup as necessary. He can play all three positions. He's good on left wing. He's good at center. He's good on right wing. Um, He's also turned into, I hate to be like cheesy about it, but like the glue guy in the room. Like he was just voted most improved player by the team for the the Flyers end of year awards. Like he's a, a super important piece. And it's kind of to his credit that he was able to transition from first round pick superstar and juniors to bottom six reliable important piece kind of a role player on the team rather than the star and it was kind of a rough go for him at the beginning like there was a long time that I was kind of like maybe we should trade Scott Lawton because where the hell is he going to fit here because at the time it seemed like the only place that he wanted to be was in the top six and there was no room for him and he was never that great at it but he's really turned into the kind of bottom six player that I think you need on a team that's going to make cup runs. Like if Scott Lawton 
is your fourth line, you're doing pretty good. The comments, the comments yeah. are immediately comparing yeah. him to multiple abs players, and oh no, <laughs> I would have, I would have said more like JT Comfer than either one of my, than either of Matt Calvert or Tyson Jost. Please note that I keep old lady hours, so the number of Avalanche games that I watch over the course it's, of a season is minimal. <laughs> it's totally fine. Um, this is this is about you guys. So. <laughs> I do love me some Nathan McKinnon, though. So. I mean, I, me and everybody else. I was gonna say. I mean, yeah. if you if you don't, are you even a hockey fan? That no. Point? You you don't even have to worry about him being in division like a Crosby. Either. Yeah, right. <laughs> I actually grabbed myself a Nathan McKinnon jersey at a thrift store in Halifax, so I feel like very connected to Nathan McKinnon. <laughs> if you like Halifax, Colorado team for you. Yeah, no yeah, cold Nova Scotia area, really. Yeah. <laughs> right. They are cornering the market on Nova Scotia. It's it's a little weird. Okay, well, we can take our first period break there as it's time to acknowledge Manscaped, something Nathan McKinnon normally does to hockey players on the ice. But if you need to take care of the hair on your body, you can also do that with Manscaped's new lawn lawnmower 3.0 trimmer or all of their other body care products, whether it be cologne, whether it be breath mints, whether it be deodorant, toner, you name it, they have you covered across the board. You can even get it all in an amazing carrying case to make it easy to take with you on the go. There you go. AJ has the paper. Manscaped saves balls. Confirmed. Right there. Proof of it. Head on over to (laughs) manscaped.com and use code DNVR20 to get 20% off and free shipping on whatever you want to order from Manscaped. Top to bottom, I believe they have everything back in stock now. They were sold out for a second there, but I think it's good to go. Quarantine hit them hard. Yeah, there you go. Everybody's sitting around like, I got to Manscaped my stuff. You know, what else are you going to do in month three? Of quarantine. <laughs> Everybody loves a manscape, in my opinion. <laughs> there you go. I feel I feel like it's just an all around good thing. It's every everybody involved in the process is is a is, mm-hmm. is approves. Win exactly. win win win. <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> if you're done manscaping, you might want to hop on your phone and play some WGT golf as well, as it's loved by more than 20 million people around the world and is our proud gaming sponsor here at DNVR. We have tournaments every other weekend and are just about filled out in our second clubhouse. So be sure to get in and be one of the OGs. You don't want to end up in DNVR 10 or something like that. But either way, no matter what clubhouse you're in, you can compete in our tournaments and be part of the crowd challenge DNVR members any time of the day, just head on over to dnvrgolf.com to download and play. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast with Kelly Hinkle on the show today, talking Philadelphia Flyers. I'm looking up and down the East Conference playing games, and I guess mm-hmm. that's the question. Is there a team that you think is is weak or well-suited, I suppose, to face the Flyers early on there? I would love to see Montreal since they have no business being in anyway. <laughs> Wouldn't hate that. I mean, the only thing with Montreal is that you do risk Carey Price remembering that he's a good goaltender and going on a tear. Um, but other than that, you know, that would be a, a very nice little first round matchup for me. But that said, like, I'm not super scared of any of them, really. As, I mean, if the Flyer, you know, this is all contingent on the Flyers playing the way that they were playing when the game stopped but if they are able to pick it back up i'm not super worried about any of the eastern conference teams to be honest maybe tampa but you know you're not going to get them in the first round i don't think that's possible nope no yeah so so i mean i i feel good this is the first time in a long time i felt really good about the flyers chances against most of the eastern conference in a seven game series five game first round I forget all the details of this nonsense. S- seven in the actual first yeah. round. Seven in the actual first round. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. it's, it's best of five in that qualifying round, which <laughs> none of neither... us have to worry about. We get to just watch. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Like, we do not have yeah. to fuck with what is neither playoffs nor a regular season. Yeah, straight <laughs> up. Like it's hockey purgatory. <laughs> don't don't have to play that. Not nope. some weird statistics on the record books forever. Yeah, right. 
so many asterisks. <laughs> is there is there any so there's not any team that you're worried about? Obviously, mm-hmm. Montreal's a baddie, so you want that one. But is there is there another team out east where for whatever reason you're just like please like give give me that one? I want I want that matchup. I I, I think this would be a great best of seven for Philly. I mean, a, a first round against Pittsburgh is always just fun for us. I mean, it makes you insane and like you're living and dying <laughs> by everything that happens in the game, but it's also a lot of fun. And I do think that Pittsburgh this year, rather than they were before, have a lot more weaknesses. Um, the core is getting a bit older. Their goaltending is definitely not as lights out reliable as it was in the past. So I feel like the Flyers could match up pretty well against Pittsburgh. Um, Columbus would be okay. I, I worry again about Columbus having a hot goaltender um, because they find them, you know, like in piles of garbage somewhere and then they just come over and they're friggin' ridiculous. So I do worry that like Elvis could go crazy and just like shut everybody out for five games. But um, Is yeah, it- Pittsburgh would be fun. So that, that's a good one. How, I mean, how concerned are you about the goaltending? Because I almost treat this as the same thing as an off season. And, and every year when hockey returns, we see scoring numbers are way up. Goaltending mm-hmm. is usually off by a lot. It's the last thing to come for every team. Yeah. So I do wonder if, if we'll see a lot of improvement in the playoffs for run and gun style teams that it, for so long now that NHL playoffs have been known as a, a league where you get to the playoffs and then it's grinded out. Every goal is huge, but yeah, it just feels like there could be a, a more offensively minded playoffs this year. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're not wrong and goalies are completely they're voodoo anyway. anyway. Like who knows what they're going to do. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting for the flyers because we're coming in with a rookie goaltender um, who's been yeah. sitting for a while. So it's going to be interesting to see, how he bounces back. He was playing pretty well when things stopped. He's been at worst reliable this season. Um, Brian Elliott's been a pretty, you know, solid to fine backup. I mean, he's not great, but he, he gets the job done in the few games that they need him to play. Um, But yeah, Carter Hart is going to have to be very good um, for the flyers to go as far as we would like them to go. And so I kind of wonder, because he did have at the start of this season, there was a moment, like a three-game stretch, that he looked like just so bad, terrible. Like you could see that he was off positionally. You could see he wasn't tracking the puck well. Like he was just bad. And I wonder if being off for so long might give him a little bit of like a, a rocky start. And with goaltenders being, of course, crazy people, and with them – not really like they're not gonna have a lot of time to play through it like they would normally. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see how he looks. I'm pretty confident that he's gonna be okay. Um, just because I think true talent wise, he's a, a really good goaltender. Um, but yeah, it's everything, it's just like there's no way to know. Like, this is all so unknown and new and ridiculous that there's just I don't I don't know how you predict what's gonna happen. <laughs> makes our job just our make it up tough. as we go yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean predicting predicting this stuff is always impossible anyway yeah, but then you throw all of these circumstances into it and it's, it's like, even worse um, now it's like i don't know like is is gonna is living in a hotel with like weird food delivery policies gonna make them all weird like who knows i don't know what's gonna happen <laughs> I, I that's gonna be like super weird for the home teams too. We've talked about on this pod a lot. There's probably not really a home ice advantage or anything, but if you live in the city that you live in anyway, just in a random hotel. I do wonder about that. Like we've talked about that a lot too. Um, I do kind of think that there's going to be a little teeny tiny bit of a home ice advantage for Edmonton and Toronto, just because like, you know, that ice better than any other team you know like how the puck bounces off the boards better than anybody else it's it's not like going to be huge like when you have a home crowd cheering for you but i do think that there's just a teensy tiny little bit of an advantage that you get play, playing in your regular arena i do for the teams that get into the second round and beyond because mm-hmm. they're there every game i do wonder once you get into like eight nine ten games 
if yeah, that probably not going to matter. Starts to go away a little bit. That's true. You're talking about like a minimal advantage to begin with. Like it yeah. definitely will exist for Edmonton and Toronto, but after two three weeks, I could I could see that just being like okay, they they've played here every other day. Yeah, right. <laughs> they're practicing like they're comfortable with this. That's yeah. true. Did the NHL really have to give McDavid, of all people, the little advantage? I mean, kind of, considering the team that he plays on. He kind of needs someone to help him since that organization is He's fine. That's a, that's a, but literally, that's it. Yeah. Really, <laughs> yeah. It gets rough pretty quickly. As, yeah. as you Brian Nugent out. Hopkins is just like the forgotten man. Yeah, true. God, but. what a mess. So, so I am I am actually curious what is uh, what is the perception of Carter Hart these days because before he showed up to the NHL it was like he was the messiah like <laughs> oh he's still the up. Flyers the Flyers haven't had a quality goaltender for a long time and it seems like they always have a com- good competitive team and it's always the goaltender mm-hmm. they're looking for Carter Hart has been the answer is he is he still the answer when I tell you that the hopes and dreams of every single Flyers fan rest on the shoulders of this small child goaltender, <laughs> I am not overstating it. He is, without question, the most important piece of this organization going forward. And I, I do think that the success of this version of the Flyers is going to rely on him being a very good goaltender. And the good news is, so far, seems like he's a very good goaltender. So... I, I think we got something with this one, finally. Now they God. just need to not trade him to Columbus <laughs> like they did with the other Classics. <laughs> Well, I mean, who sucks? I imagine you're pretty happy today that you're not paying Bob, but that's the thing like, goalies, right? Like, he goes <laughs> to Columbus, wins Vezinas, is outstanding, and then he makes $10 million a season and he sucks. <laughs> so, who knows? Well, who knows? You could turn into Washington and just become the Avs goalies farm system. So <laughs> that's worked out pretty well for you guys. It has. It has not been bad yeah, for the Avs, really. Yeah, not bad at all. It's okay so far. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So one thing I do ask every guest talking about their teams coming on the show: give me an underrated and an overrated flyer. Okay. And I, I, we, I guess you kind of already hit on uh, Scott Lawton as mm-hmm. your, your yeah. underrated potentially. I would say him only because, like, I didn't. It didn't occur to me that he was super underrated until you guys were kind of just like, "Man, Scott Lawton." But like, honestly, he's a super important part of the team. So I would say Scott Lawton's definitely the underrated one. If I had to pick an overrated one, um, it's so tough because everyone's been very maybe James Van Riemsdyk a little bit um, just because I mean at this point he's a third liner for us which again having James Van Riemsdyk on your third line is like a pretty good situation to be in but he's not been as reliable a goal scorer as he was in the past, especially in Toronto. Like I expected that he would come in and do the JVR thing where he goes in front of the net and just deflects goals in left and right. And he hasn't really been doing that as, as much as we had hoped. So the potential is still there, but he's been a little bit of a disappointment, I would say. So we'll go with JVR, especially since he has like the pedigree that you would expect that he would be really good. But how long is that deal? I forget. It's not that long. Four years, maybe three or four. Yeah, three more after this. Yeah, three. Okay. After yeah, this. that's not too bad. No. Mm-mm. So, not so what happened to Shane Gostaspair? Yeah, <laughs> man, there is so much surrounding that dude this year. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, first of all, being as good as he was in his very first season kind of ruined his life because it was so good that the likelihood that he was ever going to get back to that level just from the jump was like very unlikely. So you have everyone expecting you to be that guy forever and you're not. And of course in Philadelphia, everyone's telling you all the time, Hey, you suck because you're not scoring 70 points. That said, um, he's been real bad of late and I don't know what it is. I, I kind of think that he gets up in his head a lot. He's the kind of guy that like, 
once things start going bad, he just starts overthinking every single thing that he does on the ice and just forgets how to play hockey. Seems to be what's happening. That coupled with the fact that our rookie defensemen that have come up um, recently have played quite well. It's pushed him into the seventh spot right now. So the Flyers would be better with a good version of Shane Gossespierre on the team, especially on the power play because he was an outstanding power play quarterback. Um, So it would be nice to have him back at, at least in that role. But unless he has fixed himself <laughs> during this stoppage, I don't think he's going to be playing. I think he's going to remain the seven. So we'll see what happens, but I, I truly don't know what happened to him. And I don't know if the good Shane Gostas bear was the aberration or if this version of him is the aberration because there's kind of been equal parts at this point. Brutal. Yeah. It yeah. Sucks. It sucks. Cause we really thought we had a thing there. Oh, it's like two years ago. He had like 60 points. Yeah, yeah it's, it's five points two years ago. One of those things where it's like he's on such a team friendly contract that you kind of don't want to give up on him because if he gets it back, like the value is like ridiculous. But if he doesn't get it back, then what? I don't know. <laughs> it's not team friendly anymore. If he's not, not at he, all. If you're making four and a half and you're sitting yeah. in the press box, not yeah. great. <laughs> That's a really expensive seventh D. Yeah. Last, last question of the second period here. Pierre Selly asks, how good would a Flyers Avalanche finals be? Oh, how many God. games do you think? And who would have the advantages slash disadvantages? God, that would be fun as hell, wouldn't it? That would yep. be fun. Like I I would be terrified because like the Western Conference hasn't been very good this season. Uh, but the Avs are, you know, one of the good ones. So having to play them would be, I mean, they're so fun to watch. It it would be a super fun. I feel like it would go six. I feel like it would go six. Six games. Flyers win, obviously, but six games. It's <laughs> It's interesting because the regular season doesn't really give us any idea. The one game that they mm-hmm. played in Denver was a great game, but it was early in the year. And yeah. then the game that they played in Philly – was Colorado coming off of their 11 days off uh, because they had the all-star break and the bye week combined. Mm -hmm. And so they were the only team in the league that had that. And they go into Philly and Philip Grubauer doesn't show up and the Flyers (laughs) just smoke them. Yeah. And then the Avs got like, they figured it out and like had a perfectly fine road trip. Mm -hmm. But that first game back, they were awful as everybody was coming off the bye once again. And so it's like, there's no real barometer here we have no idea what that would look like no i will say though that early in the season i do remember that game giving us some confidence because we all know how good the avalanche are Mm -hmm. and the fact that the flyers hung around with them at the beginning of the season they weren't as good as they've been playing towards the end so them kind of hanging around with the abs as fast as they are we were kind of like all right well maybe this team is gonna be something this season so it's it's funny that that was the Philly perception because from our perception, <laughs> we were just excited. They, like we, we were excited that they played such a good game against yeah. the Flyers because they were so banged up mm. that yeah, it was yeah. like it was like any time that a good they played a good an actual good team, it was like <laughs> we're gonna see how this goes. Matt Calvert's on our first line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like okay, like can they win two to one tonight? Because. <laughs> And I think, I mean, I think Couturier McKinnon oh, would God. be such a fascinating yeah. head-to-head matchup where, and then, and then Kadri Hayes is like, and then you just continue down the lineup and it's like, this is going to be. It would be fun as hell. I would be super into that if it happened. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to turn on a Stanley Cup final appearance against guys, anybody. Do you guys feel like the abs <laughs> have a, a pretty good shot of going all the way? I feel like they do. Yeah. Yeah. I- conference finals i i feel confident in mm-hmm. it anyway but it's hockey and right. <laughs> and i'm and i'm like i'm i i try not to i try not to think about good things happening right. in sports because i don't know how to react i don't know what to do with my hands <laughs> but like a, there really is i mean from our end there's just been confidence that this is a really good abs team this year for once yeah. like it's yeah. it's not one where we're like oh like we're poking holes like they don't have like a super top tier defenseman yet. And 
they, you know, they're, they're some of their depth issues have been kind of iffy, and you never, you, you never know which version of Nikita Zadorov shows up on any <laughs> given day where he might be completely lost the second he steps on the ice. He doesn't know what team he's playing for. It, but it's like those are really minor things compared to some of their past issues. Yeah. Just for the abs, at least this year, it wasn't exhausting. The past couple of years, yeah. every game, it's like, oh, they just squeak this one out and they barely get into the playoffs. And, and this year it was like, no, there's a regular pace of them dominating teams. Yeah. They've had some freebie wins this year, it felt like, which is a foreign experience as of late. <laughs> for I think they, I think it was 16 games this year where they scored five or more goals. It was like a ridiculous wow. number. And yeah. it was like, yeah. And, and it was like, uh, they had they had as many games scoring five or more goals as they did uh, games in which they entered the third period trailing. Yep. Wow! And so it was like kind of a fun. Yeah. It was it was hard to feel too bad about the team this year, and I just think I don't know. I, Abs Flyers would be. I think that would be. A great I think it'd be great. So much I'm, offensive talent. Now that it's been put into my mind, I'm rooting for it to happen. I just, uh, I probably wouldn't even be good for the Avs, but hard matching Makar against Konechny would be fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, of course, Kill, Kill Makar is going to be the a, a perfect segue here. Well, <laughs> is it Kill Makar being game changing? Perhaps. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it, if. Abs Flyers does happen. I guarantee you I will need some Strava Craft coffee to calm my nerves as it is the CBD infused coffee, which you can now get in K-cups, whole bean, ground, whatever you want to try. It's really changed lives, been known to help anxiety, migraines, IBS, other aches and pains as well. You can even ice your coffee with the hot summers going on these days. If that's your type of drink to cool off and you can head on over to StravaCraftCoffee.com and get 20% off when you use code DNVR20. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. We'll get back to the Flyers shortly. The Kale McCarr conversation. There's a lot of talk about East Coast bias, but I'm pretty confident no one on the East Coast is going to win the Calder Trophy. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how anybody beats him. He's so stupid good. It's really annoying. You think so? Over Quinn Hughes is is the argument we've been having. Uh, I mean, oh, you can Lord. make the case for Quinn Hughes. I just think that Makar is more impressive overall. I do really enjoy that Quinn is better than Jack, though. That makes me really happy. <laughs> Everything about that makes me happy. At least in year one. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You're stuck on the devils for a little while. Have yeah. fun well, out no. there, kid. Windy rough. It's not gonna <laughs> get better. Yeah, that was a choice. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> La Violette and Gallant are right there, and you're right. hiring Lindy Ruff in the year of our Lord 2020. All right, <laughs> go for it, guys. <laughs> I could I could pick between two really successful recent retreads or a guy that has like coached his way out of organizations. <laughs> and somehow know. that's the decision you come to. I, <laughs> I don't know if anyone has thought good things about Lindy Ruff since like 1998. Dude, Lindy Ruff's wife hasn't thought good things about <laughs> Lindy Ruff since 1998. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I'm just glad anyway. he doesn't coach the abs only <laughs> at this point. Not uh, yet. Give it five years. <laughs> you think? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> The Avs actually did the, the thing and went out and hired a new coach to the NHL. They didn't go for the retread, but... Love that move. It did yeah, not work out well for row. the Flyers, but good for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it took a while to get there for various reasons. But... Yeah, I mean, Sacco and Wah were adventures of their own kinds. And then Bednar actually looks like he's pretty decent. Yeah. Can't argue with the results. You, yeah. you take it, I guess, where you can get it. I, okay, this is, I guess, a conversation you'll have to enlighten me on. But do you think that Sean Couturier should be in the Selkie conversation? No, he should be the Selkie winner, hands so, down. Period. Without question. 
He the only reason that he's not the clear cut. We're not even talking about any more winner before they even vote is because Patrice Bergeron, everyone knows what his name is and he wins it all the time. And, you know, a lot of hockey writers are jackasses. So they're just like, oh, yeah, that guy, that guy's good. I'm going to vote for him again. But Sean Couturier is such like if you were to put the Selkie trophy into a dictionary and in the dictionary, somehow there was a video and the video was meant to play the player that exhibits what the Selkie trophy is. It's Sean Couturier top to bottom. He is like offensively very good and he will shut down anyone. The best player on the ice. If he's matched up against Sean Couturier is going to have a really rough day every time. He's so good. So yes, right. in Let's the conversation, strong, <laughs> uh, a strong praise. I think he's going to win it actually this year. You do, I do, All right. I really too. do. And it'll I think be it's great. His turn. Yeah, at <laughs> some point they got to switch to a new one. Hockey writers have that thing where the they get the, the NBA writers did it one year where they had a voter fatigue with LeBron for MVP. Yeah, and so they did everything they could to give it to somebody else, and I think that they're. Hockey writers are like they're familiar with Bergeron, so he's always in the conversation. Yeah, but they're looking for like the next one. But and also, I mean, to be fair, the Flyers have been garbage for the last like four years, so it's it's kind of hard, I think, for players to get into the conversation to win when your team is garbage. And with the Flyers being good this year, I think it kind of gives him the boost that he's going to need to actually get the votes. This all, this all is really just a great indictment on how screwed up this voting process is. Because <laughs> yeah, it's like, stupid. it's like, who's the best defensive forward in the NHL? And it's like, okay, well, he has to score points. Yeah. I don't know why that <laughs> is, but he has to score a lot of points. And he's got to be a center. He has to be on a good team. And like, unless he's Mark Stone, he has to be a center. So a guy like right. Val Nachushkin is like, we won't even have this conversation. It's yeah. but it's the strangest award. Like the Norris is like, oh, who's the highest scoring defenseman and whatever, right? Which but just like, like dumb as hell because it's the the trophy for defense. Why you got to score well, a point? Like, it's like the best. It's like the trophy for like which defenseman had the best year. Yeah. So at least scoring can factor into that. Fair. Whereas like the Selkie is like who's the best defensive forward, and it's like why do you care that he scored fifty yeah. points or twelve <laughs> points? It's best defensive forward. Mm-hmm. I, the Selkie is like the one thing every year that every time I'm like, how, why is, how did this end up being like the consensus of who's allowed to get voted for? I, it's, it's, it, they, the hockey and like being part of the group that does this, I have to like walk this line, but like we need to, we need to raise the standards for, for how we vote and how we go about picking this oh, because it seems like, it seems like in the fall, the guys, the the guys who we have decided are going to be there at the end of the year, they're there. Yeah, they're magically all of them somehow continue to have great year, even when it's not true. And you get people who are like, "Oh, Sebastian Ajo is great," and it's like he's really not. Like he's a, <laughs> a very good hockey player, but as like a defensive center, you're like, "Are you high?" Like, no, nothing says this. The only thing that says this is like this reputation that develops and just sticks with guys despite all reality saying otherwise yeah. because i'm with you like this should be sean couturier's award like running away it shouldn't even be close <laughs> and there are going to be people that twist themselves into these pretzels and do all these mental gymnastics to try and take it away from him like the guys had a dominant defensive year playing top line minutes against a top competition Yep. This is this should be easy. Like let's let's be less dumb, guys. <laughs> I like yeah, be less dumb. I don't think that's asking a lot. It should be hockey's motto in general. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> we'll we'll see if uh, they can even get through these playoffs without being less dumb at this mm. point. So. Uh, unfortunately, bar. yeah, there's a very real chance that some dumb things happen, mm-hmm. but. As we kind of wrap up the show here, I guess, Kelly, do you have any final thoughts on the Flyers or the league in general? And, of course, if you want to plug anything. I have, 
I have to say um, that I am, as we've gotten the details of phases three and four, pretty impressed with the way the NHL is putting this all together. I mean, as hockey fans, we know the NHL has a reputation of messing literally everything up every single time. Um, But the way that they have like these bubbles within the bubbles and they're really controlling who can contact who and, and who can be in the arena. Like the, the way that it's laid out looks to me like it's going to work flawlessly and I'm actually I, – I did not expect that the NHL would put together a plan that seemed like it would work perfectly. And they I think they have. Will it work perfectly? I don't know. But I think that the plan that they've put together is the best possible plan that they could have. And that's really nice to see because I, I didn't expect it. I don't know what you guys think about it. but We've been fans. Um, we've been surprised because yeah. – it's the NHL. And We're not expecting to be fans. <laughs> right, <laughs> the bar yeah, is just exactly. so low for these people. Yeah. Like I, I covered the stadium series game. I was there until midnight because I was trapped. Where was I going to go? <laughs> and I sat in a press box that ran out of water and like oh boy. And the internet didn't work properly. And it was just like, it was that like for me, I'm like, that's, that's the NHL. Like they that's just how up. things go. And now they're like, Oh, We've got this. We've, they have somehow like navigated these, the, the murky waters of a pandemic of all things, mm-hmm. to put together the most encouraging plan of all the North American sports leagues. Yeah, like who could like, have predicted? <laughs> the NFL today was like, oh hey, you guys are going to go out there and you're going to spend sixty minutes hitting each other, but after the game, you're not allowed to exchange jerseys. <laughs> okay, you're not allowed to do it because it's like, yeah, that's. Sure, player safety. Sure, and it's like at least the NHL isn't like, like they're like, look, the game's gonna stay the same. These guys aren't wearing masks on on the bench. There's no social distancing. Like, the game is gonna be the game. Mm -hmm. It's protecting them outside of it that we're trying to do, and they have by far the best plan. If it doesn't work for them, I don't see how it works for anybody else. No way, for sure. Especially because they were smart enough to be like, hey, we're going to hide in Canada, a country that takes this seriously. That has done an exceptionally good job. Like, that was really the smartest thing because I know that they were gung-ho for Vegas for the entire time. Like, it was pretty much a done deal that it was going to be Vegas. And the fact that they were able to take a moment and think about putting everyone in a place where everyone's getting COVID-19 because they're all acting like idiots. Really good choice. Is Vegas better than Edmonton? Sure. Even though Edmonton has that really great mall that they could just put them all in. But yeah, it's, I, I've just been so impressed by it. It blows my mind. I've, I don't think I've ever been impressed by anything the NHL has done until this, which is cool. To, to, to now rain on this parade, because before Uh-oh. we get before we get out of here, I do, I swear to you, I want to talk about Nolan Patrick. Oh, no. I was not going to do it, but I we're doing to, it, I, I guess. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to keep it brief. We, we, we got time if you want. I, somebody tweeted at me in a, immediately and was like, ask about Nolan Patrick. And I'm like, well, here we are. <laughs> so we have to talk about Nolan Patrick. What the hell? Yeah. I I mean... Okay, he can't help the illness that he is afflicted with. Sure. That said, even before this happened, I had a lot of mixed feelings about Nolan Patrick because over the course of the two seasons that he played in, um, it was a, a real mixed bag. Like you would see flashes of a player that should be very good in the NHL, and then you would see a guy that just like coasted and didn't seem to be trying very hard. And there were some rumors around work ethic with him. And in the sense that like he was the best player in juniors and he probably didn't have to try that hard to be that guy playing against that level of competition. And you can't transition to the NHL and think that you don't have to work your ass off to be one of the best players on the ice. It's just not going to happen. And I wonder um, about his willingness to work as hard as he needs to to be Nolan Patrick level good against NHL level competition. So people yell at me for this all the time. <laughs> so people will probably yell at me again. But I, I 
like if Nolan Patrick ended up as a third line center, I wouldn't be surprised. Like a, a fine third line center, which mm-hmm. is like a real disappointment when you win the lottery and end up at number two. But it is what it is. Looking back at that lottery, does it drive you crazy now? Yes. Yes. And especially since you told, I don't know if I'm allowed to say, but you told me that you heard yeah, that. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Cal McCarr was on the Flyers radar during the draft. It, God, that would be really good. If we had him. I would be really pleased. If you guys had Nolan Patrick and we had Cal McCarr, I would be very happy with that result. I mean, Maybe, but here maybe we are. This, this could have been a best result. Nolan Patrick could have ended up in Dallas and Hayes could have ended <laughs> up in Colorado. I mean, here's the thing. Like, Nolan Patrick could recover from this migraine thing and come back and work his ass off and be a mm-hmm. really outstanding player. I don't know what's going to happen, and I'm not super confident in that being the result. So hopefully I'm wrong. Love to is, be wrong about things like this. Is there still uh, – I mean, there's always hope especially with the guy that was drafted second overall just three years ago. And he's young as hell. It's not not like this dude's old yet, but is there still, I would say like a strong belief that this guy is going to be part of uh, an impact player moving forward? Or is it if he becomes one great, but if not, we've already kind of moved on. So I think overwhelmingly, like I think it's really hard for people to separate where a guy like this gets drafted and the potential that was expected of him at that time, Mm -hmm. especially when you win the lottery and it's like crazy fun and exciting when that happens and like, Oh, you're getting the number two overall. I think it's really hard. We wouldn't know. (laughs) I I just think it's hard for people to let go of that part of a player's history. Like at some point in my mind, you have to forget that he was drafted number two overall and you have to look at how he's playing in the NHL and evaluate him that way. But I think that, both Flyers fans and the Flyers organization are not yet ready to let go of the idea that he's going to be number two overall pick impact player in the NHL. So I think that he's going to get a very, very long leash from the organization. I can see the name Tyson Joe's piling up in my inbox right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like use a voice changer and take out any Nolan Patrick's and just put Tyson Joe's did. <laughs> and it, it would be like, boy does this sound familiar (laughs) can i tell your fans about our podcast yeah of course yeah go for it cool if you want to learn a little bit about the flyers or laugh at people that are fun and funny you can check out our podcast which is broad street hockey radio this week we actually did a super fun episode where we simply went through every team in the league and listed all the reasons why we hate them it was a lot of fun Uh, Because you guys had an elite, perfect jersey in the 90s and for some reason decided to mess with it. And it's infuriating. That jersey was perfect. That was the one. There's a lot of agreement in this fan (laughs) base about that. My question is, though, because I was thinking about it. In the 90s, there was sparkle thread on the Avs jerseys. Did they get rid of the sparkle thread or is it still sparkly? It's not really sparkly See, anymore. That the, was the a silver. Mistake. Yeah, not yeah, really. big mistake. Also, why'd you take the foot off? The foot was great. The well, they got rid of so very well mistakes. loved here now. Yeah, they got. I mean, people miss the foot because, but but like the foot was like, like Howler was only here for what like yeah. a year or two before the foot made no sense very quickly. <laughs> right, because the 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 guy in the Howler suit got drunk and fought a Red Wings fan in the parking lot. And so then they had to get rid of the mascot. And so then the howler foot, the howler foot no longer made sense. And it was just like, it's been 20 years of that thing sitting on the Jersey. And they were like, look, the the mascot lasted like 18 (laughs) months. Like it's time we move on from this. It's more of like a fun, like, did you know than anything else? Yeah. Yeah. That's truly the only reason I could think of to hate the avalanche. It's a very likable team and organization. Let me tell you, it hasn't always been that way. <laughs> well, I mean, as a fan, you're always going to hate your team more than anybody else. That's just how it works. Yeah. There are some people that take that axiom very seriously. <laughs> there are a lot of Flyers fans, I promise you, that hate the Flyers with their life, but they can't stop watching them. It seems like such a parasitic relationship, but I guess that's sports. That's what we do. Yeah. Setting yourself 
self up for sadness for sure. A massive amount of heartbreak. You get so excited, invested in some. I'm so excited about COVID Cup, and then when the Avs don't win it, it's going to be crushing. What's hilarious is for for a while there, I was like, I don't want the Flyers to win the Cup this year. I don't want them. I don't want like their one Cup in my lifetime to be this like messy fake Cup. And then like the second the plan started to come out, I was like, what am I talking about? Of course I want the Flyers to win the Cup this season. The Cup's the Cup. It doesn't matter yeah, exactly. how you get it. Well, yeah. Flags fly forever. Yeah. Seriously. Just, that's I don't know all, what I was any, thinking. Anytime somebody's like, oh, it won't feel right if they win it this year. I'm. I, that's what I tell them. I'm just like, flags fly forever, dude. Like it's. Yeah. There's no taking it, especially this. This has turned into the hardest Cup to win. That's true. Arguably, it's going to be much harder this season than in years past. It's going to be a lot of hockey real fast, real all fast. away game, sort of. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I guess as we're wrapping up the show, you can follow this amazing person on Twitter at Hanks uh, BroadStreetHockey.com, the SB Nation Flyers site. She does a bunch of stuff on there. She mentioned her podcast. Go give that a listen if you want. The Flyers news are apparently what they hate about every hockey team, which <laughs> I kind of want to know now. Yeah, it's pretty fun. 100% pulling that up and listening to it later. I got real worked up about the Columbus Blue Jackets in a way that I did not expect. Just kind of flowed out of me naturally. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, finding it makes sense. An organization that can't get a goalie and an organization that got your goalie and then continues (laughs) to get goalies from the trash, as you said. (laughs) Exactly. Infuriating. All right. Well, other than that, we will be back tomorrow with our Free Skate Friday. Be sure to get your Breck Brews ready for that one. Should be a fun episode. Kelly, thank you again for coming on the show. Appreciate yeah, it. Thanks for having it. me. This was super fun. Yeah. Glad glad we could do it. We'll have to do it again sometime. If it isn't an As Flyers final, I'm sure we'll have you back on. Yeah. We'll, that'll we'll be go fun. hard on that. Uh, but we are going to get out of here for the day. Thank you, everyone, for listening, watching, however you consumed. Until next time, we'll see you.